We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. WTBN Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse. Sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. One of the more popular but ineffective and totally non-biblical ways to deal with the devil has been to rebuke him with words or formulas that we believe he's obligated to obey. So you have some people who are ordering Satan back to the pit. You have others who are verbally claiming the blood of Christ as if Satan's going to hear you saying, oh, I forgot the blood. of That's right. I can't do anything. Uh, that's silly stuff. Or, or else you have people who are binding him in the name of Jesus. Not only are these cliches, they're ineffective. Where do those ideas come from? They aren't in the Bible. So how does a Christian stand up to the devil? The Bible tells us exactly how we should handle his attacks. God has given us tools, and he has also given us authority. But we need to be careful that we don't overstep our bounds in dealing with Satan and his demons. So today on Verse by Verse, we're going to hear some practical, biblical, and effective things to keep in mind when we are under spiritual attack. We're glad you joined us today. If you have been following along, Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff is engaged in a series of lessons concerning spiritual warfare. Pastor Steve has been serving for more than 26 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. These daily Bible classes of the air are a natural extension of his continuing ministry at Lakeside. Ephesians chapter 6 beginning in verse 10 tells us to put on the whole armor of God. The Apostle Paul went on to describe each piece of armor and its purpose. That passage in Ephesians is our base of operations as we continue to explore in depth this critical area of study. But for now, let's take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2. We will briefly review one of the ways Satan can get a foothold in a church. Then we'll move on to the heart of our lesson today, how to handle your enemy. Here is Pastor Steve with our lesson. Now, apparently that's what the church did. They responded to Paul's strong words by withholding fellowship from this man. But according to... To, to this passage in chapter 2 of 2 Corinthians, when the man repented, the church withheld its forgiveness. They withheld its love. Paul said, I'm concerned for this man. I'm concerned that he might be overwhelmed. He calls it, calls it in verse 7, excessive sorrow. You're going to break this man. You're, you're going to cause him to, uh, to be so overwhelmed that he's going to break. You're going to break his spirit. You're going to wound him. Paul's very concerned. Why? Look at verse 11 which I didn't read to you for a purpose, so that, he says, you need to forgive him and love him so that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. Paul said that if you don't forgive this man after he's repented, you don't welcome him back in the fellowship, you don't restore him to full membership, full fellowship, 
What you're doing is you're giving Satan an advantage in your church. You're giving him an opportunity, a foothold in the church. And Paul said, we're not ignorant of his devices. And I think some of us are, but Paul was not. He's saying, this is obviously of Satan. This is what he does. You know what? We need to be, we, we need to take heed to this. We need to be careful that we're not naive about what can happen at Lakeside. We are a church that tends to emphasize doctrine and theology. And rightly so. That is the foundation. Without that, we don't know what we're supposed to do. However, churches who emphasize doctrine and theology are very susceptible to being cold and, and loveless. So concerned about the truth that we forget about people. This is a great warning to us. And I, I tell you now that we can expect to be attacked by Satan in the area of love. A lack of forgiveness where there have been offenses. An overly critical spirit finding fault with everything. Complaining and griping attitude. Very soon, in fact, I think next Sunday night, we're going to have a service that will explain to you some of the changes that we have to make because of uh, the problem with, with space and a lack of rooms for Sunday school classes. And, you know, it's been my prayer for months now that you would not complain, that there would be no griping. There will be changes. There, there need to be. And I've been play, praying for that because I know how Satan can get a foothold in people's lives, complaining and griping, failure to serve one another. Being overly touchy, overly sensitive. Well, he didn't say hi to me in the hallway. I don't like the way he looked at me. I was talking to him and he didn't pay any attention. I'm telling all, all, I've heard all that. I've heard about me. I've heard, I've heard it. Being overly demanding, inconsiderate of others, self-serving. All of these, need, you need to understand that they are attacks from the enemy. So let's recognize the source of of these attacks as satanic, and let's be prepared for them. So how do you get prepared for them? How do you prepare for them? You know and apply the truths of Ephesians chapter 6. Now this morning, for just a few minutes, we want to get into this. We, we, as we begin our study of spiritual warfare, we want to start, and we'll only briefly deal with this, but we want to unfold the riches of Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 13, in order to discover two key truths about how to stand firm when you are under attack. One key truth this week, one key truth next week, and then we will be able in the weeks to come to deal with the individual pieces of armor that we're to make sure we um, cover ourselves with. Once you understand this, you will be protected. You will be protected. So, the first, let's begin by looking at the first key truth we need to know in order to stand firm while under attack is this. We must depend upon the Lord's power and his provision. We have to be dependent upon him, not ourselves. We read this in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Paul begins this section on warfare by wisely commanding us to be strong, to be strong. Now, at first glance, it might look like Paul is saying, hey, flex those spiritual muscles and get out and do battle. It's just the opposite. It's just the opposite of what the apostle means by this because he tells us to be strong in the Lord and in his power, not in ourselves, but in the Lord. And the way this is worded in the original Greek language, it's very clear that we are to be made strong in the Lord. Be made strong in the Lord. In other words, we are to let the strength of the Lord empower us. The power is there, we're to let it happen as we do battle with the enemy of our souls. This is a call to trust him, to depend upon God's power in our engagements with Satan. 
And quite frankly, this is a foundational truth. You, you need to understand this. This is extremely significant for us. Because anyone who thinks that he can, he can do battle with Satan on his own strength is going to be doomed for failure. Ineffective, silly stuff. And that's, that's often when people teach about spiritual warfare what, what happens. They think that they can rely upon themselves and their feeble resources. The devil's power is beyond us. Not beyond the Lord, but beyond us. You and I are no match for him. And yet there are many believers who have never learned this. And let me just tell you, because some of us, I think, are confused here. One of the more popular but ineffective and totally non-biblical ways to deal with the devil has been to rebuke him with words or formulas that we believe he's obligated to obey. So you have some people who are ordering Satan back to the pit. You have others who are verbally claiming the blood of Christ as if Satan's going to hear you say and go, oh, I forgot the blood. of That's right. I can't do anything. Uh, that's silly stuff. Or, or else you have people who are binding him in the name of Jesus. Not only are these cliches, they're ineffective. And not only that, more significantly, they're non-biblical. It may surprise you to know that none of these expressions are ever used in Scripture to fight Satan. They're just not there. In fact, the Bible explicitly warns us against rebuking the devil. Did you know that? Jude, verse 8. Jude is the last book before Revelation. And only has one chapter. That's why we don't say chapter, whatever, and then verse. It's just verse 8. So Jude, verse 8. Look at this. Jude is is dealing with the same subject matter, essentially, that Peter was dealing with in his second letter, false teachers. He says in verse 8, yet in the same way, these men, meaning these false teachers, also by dreaming, defile the flesh and reject authority. And watch this. They revile angelic majesties, which would be demons, fallen angels. Jude is saying false teachers in their pride in their arrogance, think that they have power and authority over demons to rebuke them. Second Peter, by the way, you can look it up on your own. Chapter 2, verse 11 says the same thing. And this is why there are many false teachers in the charismatic movement who are obsessed with having power. If, you've, if you have any exposure to that movement, you know that they are absolutely obsessed with power and authority and they are rebuking the devil as they try to heal people. That's why. That's why, because they must have power. They must have power. That's a mark of a false teacher. They must have power. But no one, no, no individual has been given that kind of power. Not even high-ranking angels, verse 9. But Michael, the archangel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses, did not dare pronounce against him, meaning the devil, a railing judgment, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Now, this is fascinating. Along with Gabriel, Michael is an archangel, one of the greatest and most powerful of all angels. Um, Michael is usually seen in Scripture in defending Israel. And here, I think he's also defending Israel in that he is um, dealing with the devil concerning the body of Moses. Now, what does this mean? When Moses died, God did not let him into the promised land. When Moses died, God secretly buried his body in a place unknown to any man. Nobody knows where he's buried. However, Satan knew where he was buried, and Satan wanted the body of Moses. Why we're not told. I think it's probably a good guess to say he wanted to do something like um, use it perhaps as an idol for the children of Israel. That's, as I've told you before, creology. It's not in the Bible. But you certainly know that his purpose was hellish. 
hellish by design for no good reason. But Jude tells us that God sent Michael, the archangel, to dispute with the devil over the body of Moses. And we're told that the way that Michael, the highest of angels, fought the devil was not by pronouncing judgments against him, not by binding him, not by rebuking him, not by yelling at him. He didn't curse against him. Instead, he referred to God's sovereign power to deal with Satan. So the Lord rebuke you. No, no verbal arguments with Satan. He just trusted God's power to rebuke the devil and to defeat him. And folks, that's exactly what we're supposed to do. Scripture never tells us to rebuke Satan or bind him or order him to go anywhere. In fact, I remember years ago, a lady in our church who, in my opinion, had read too many books about dealing with the devil and um, had some unbalanced, unbiblical views about this. She said to me one day, she said, don't you rebuke Satan? And I said, no, I don't talk to him. I don't have anything to say to him. I don't want to talk to him. Scripture is what will deal with him, not me. He and I are not on good terms. And I say that with all respect. I do not want to engage in a conversation. You don't want to go down that road. Michael, the archangel, just said, the Lord rebuke you. And that was it. That was it. But we are told to resist the devil by trusting in God's power to deal with the enemy. And this is precisely what Paul is telling us as you go back to Ephesians chapter 6. He's saying depend upon God's strength, God's power in dealing with Satan. So, so how do you do that? How do you do that? Practically speaking, how do you trust God with this enemy who's stronger than, than you are? And the battle is so fierce. He's so strong. You know how you trust him? You put on the full armor of God. That's what God has provided. Look at chapter 6, verse 11. Right after telling us to depend upon the Lord, he tells us how. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. By the way, this is a perfect example of divine sovereignty working with human responsibility. In divine sovereignty, we're, we're told that God, God supplies the power. He supplies the strength in that he's provided the armor, but he's not putting it on us. He tells us it's our responsibility to get dressed for battle. So it doesn't happen just automatically. God provides sovereignly your protection, but you have to appropriate it. A perfect example of how sovereignty and responsibility work together. Now, starting with verse 14, Paul is going to present the individual pieces of armor that we need to put on ourselves. But in this verse, verse 11, he commands us to make sure that all of it is on. Notice he says the full armor, which means the complete or the whole armor. In other words, we are to make sure that we are completely covered with God's armor so that no area, notice this, no area is left unprotected and vulnerable to Satan's attacks. Be completely covered. If there is an area in your life that is not protected, Satan will find it. He'll attack you right there and he will gain a foothold in your life. Let me assure you of that. Whatever your Achilles heel is, that weakness, he'll find it. And that's why, notice how Paul ends verse 11. He refers to the schemes of the devil. The schemes of the devil. This is a reference to Satan's methods, to his schemes or his wiles of attack. In fact, our English word method comes from this very Greek word. But the word means more than than a method in the sense of an approach. It does mean that, but it's more. The word carries with it the thoughts of scheming, craftiness, shrewdness, deception. 
One Bible teacher explained the word this way. He said the term was often used of a wild animal who cunningly stalked and then unexpectedly pounced on its prey. Satan's evil schemes are built around stealth and deception. Now what this means, ladies and gentlemen, is that God is telling us that the devil has a whole systematic, methodical strategy designed just for you, just for me, just for our church. And his strategy with each of us is different because he knows your weaknesses. And I'll say this, he also knows your strengths. It's often we're most vulnerable, I believe, in our strong points. Because it's in our strong points, we don't think we need to be protected. It's our strong points we think we're okay in. That's why Paul said to the Corinthians, let him who thinks he stand take heed, lest what? He fall. It's our strong points. We're not usually dependent upon the Lord. We think we've got it together. So be aware of that. He attacks at the weakness. He attacks at the strength. He maps out a strategy of attack designed to fit you personally. And he'll tempt you in areas, as I said, where you're most vulnerable. Could be in the area of doubts, immorality, worrying, pride, loving the world system. I mean, on and on and on it goes. Whatever it is, you can be sure that Satan will attack you where you are most susceptible. That's why you want to make sure you are completely covered. Every area of your life is covered so that you stand firm and true to Christ. Martin Luther, the reformer, constantly battled Satan, as very few of us have. He battled him especially in the area of doubts. His great hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, reflects that, reflects Luther's battles, reflects his understanding of, of the subtlety and the power of Satan and how we need to depend upon the Lord for his protection. Here's what Luther wrote. For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal. That's exactly right. Only in heaven where Christ is. But Luther also recognized that as powerful as Satan is, the Lord is stronger. And, and, and is the Lord who protects us through his word. So he wrote this, the prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fell him. What is that little word? Luther said one little word shall fell him. But God has told us in Ephesians chapter six that there are many words that fell him. Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 18 tell us what those words are. And in weeks to come, we will learn those words so we can apply it to our lives. But until now, what, what can I leave you with so that you don't go out of here saying, wow, what do I do in the meantime? What armor is there? Let me, let me just sum it up by taking you to James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. You will see as we go through the armor that all of the armor has to do with a righteous lifestyle, godliness, obedience. James 4 sums it up. Paul in Ephesians just breaks it down into some specific areas. But James chapter 4, verses 7, and then the beginning of 8, tell us this. Here's how you deal with the devil when he attacks. And here's how you're always to be in anticipation of those attacks. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. See, the key to being protected from the evil one is to draw near to the Lord in submission. It's to be godly. In other words, be obedient. To whatever you're aware of in Scripture, be obedient. So the question is, 
Are you obedient? We're not talking about perfection because none of us have arrived. But the question is this, is there any area of your life that you are well aware of is not in keeping with the Bible? There's a glaring sin. There's a glaring area in your life that you know, you know is wrong and it needs to be repented of. If you don't repent of that, that's where you're, you're going to be attacked. That's where you're going to be attacked. You need to make sure that you are as obedient as you possibly can be. That's what scripture says. Now, if you're not a believer in Christ, then you should know that you, whether you believe in a personal devil or not, you unwittingly follow the devil. You're called a child of wrath, the Bible says. You follow Satan because he is the God of this world. And tragically, the scripture says, if you never repent and trust Christ to save you, then you will follow the devil to the lake of fire and be tormented day and night for your sin. That's how significant sin is because that's how holy, that's how holy God is. But God has provided a way of, of the cross in which Christ died for sinners. If, if you know that you're a sinner, then you need to look to Christ and trust him for salvation. You need to come to him and say, Lord, I, I have sinned. I have done my own thing for all these years and I repent and I trust you that you died on my behalf. I I urge you to do that. And when we close the service in a moment, we invite you to come up after the service. There'll be one of our elders in front here. Be happy to talk to you about turning to Christ. Let's bow for prayer. Father, as we begin this series, we pray that you will help us, Lord, to first of all, be biblical. It's very easy to go off on on, uh, tangents in a series like this. Very easy to embrace teaching that is not biblical but lord it is biblical to be taught in the in the great truths of ephesians 6 to know that there's a personal devil to know that he prowls about like a roaring lion seeking to devour us and to know that we need to stand firm by being protected thank you for all the protection you have provided for us i pray in weeks to come that you will help us to make sure we are dressed for battle in the meantime lord help each of us to make sure that we're walking before you in obedience. Those unguarded moments, those moments when we think nobody else is around, nobody sees, we can relax. Lord, help us to not relax spiritually. I pray that you'll remind us to draw near to you. And I pray for those who don't know Christ, Lord, before it's too late, I I pray that you'll draw them to yourself. All of this we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Steve. That is a solid foundation for the lesson to come as we go through basic training together to prepare for the war in which we are already involved. There are great truths in the verses we will be studying together in the days to come, so I hope you can be here for every lesson. You have been listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve has been serving for more than 26 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Now his expository, or verse-by-verse messages, are available in radio format through the work of Verse-by-Verse Ministries. We are a faith ministry, supported through the prayers and gifts of interested listeners, like you, who are first faithful to their own churches. Today's class was the fourth in this series about spiritual warfare. If you missed the previous lessons, you can find them at our website, versebyverseradio.org. You can download today's programs or previous ones, or you can listen online. 
These online audio files are a great resource, and we encourage you to tell your friends about the website, especially if they are unable to listen while we are on the air. We also offer a free podcasting service as well as a complimentary newsletter. That's versebyverseradio.org. If you want to hear this entire message at one time, it is available on CD or cassette with no announcements. To order yours, please call us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours. That number again is 727-441-1714. When a football coach prepares his team for a game, he has films of the opposing team so that his players will become more familiar with the tendencies as well as the talents and limitations of their upcoming opponents. And those opponents are doing the same thing. Our enemy, the devil, knows a great deal about us. While we don't want to get obsessed with him, it is great help if we learn about the ways that Satan might choose to attack us. That way, when he does, assuming that we're wearing the full armor of God, we can be ready. In our next two classes, we will take a look at some of our own weaknesses and some of the ways Satan will try to use them against us. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's Verse by Verse. We are here to give you strength between